Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And tonight we're going to be going into book three of the Ruthless Obsession series by Zoe Blake, Sweet Savagery. Dun, dun, dun. So good. This one might be my favorite hero. This one is probably my favorite hero as well. Okay. They're all good. We can't. We can't choose favorites. <laughs> so what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to read all of them and then get back to us and let us know what your favorite is. We might have to put a pull up. Yeah. But I think as far as you and I go, our favorite heroines, we do agree Mary is our favorite heroine. But yeah, I really liked Ivan. Ivan was hot and he had a mouth on him. So <laughs> I guess we should just jump right into it. Sweet Savagery opens up with Dylan, who is our heroine, has received two boxes of money. It is a total of $500,000 that she was sent in the mail. Through the U.S. Postal Service. The U.S. Postal Service. Talk about a leap of faith with it not getting lost. The one thing I really want to ask Zoe is she said that each box only weighed about six pounds. And I want to know, did she do this? Did she do this research herself? Did you have to Google it? I'm real curious. I got that note too, because I was, how do you know that? That's so random and very not easy to test. No. Zoe, did you go and take out a whole bunch of money just to weigh it? I need to know this. I need to know. I know this is just a stupid detail, but it stuck out to both of us. So maybe other people want to know as well. Well, anyway. Zoe, people yes. want to know. And by people, me and Tori, <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> but yeah. And is unlike our last two heroines, she is not a student. She has graduated. She is over 25. If you've listened to us from the beginning, you know that that is always exciting to us because we are not young folks anymore. No. It is. I'm not. I'm an old fogey. I'm right behind you, my friend. But she is over 25 and she is a real estate agent. She has gone to school to get her licensing and she is currently working to get her brokerage license. Now, I don't know what the difference between a licensed broker and a licensed real estate agent is. I I didn't have time to look that up, but I am curious about that as well. I think, no, I'm not even going to attempt it because I have absolutely no idea. But yeah, she lives in this really shitty, teeny tiny studio. It is, it's described to be more or less a shoebox. And she can't open the door to her bathroom if she has the bed down. That's one of those Murphy beds. Which if you don't know, a Murphy bed is one that stays against the wall and you pull it down when you're ready to go to sleep. And then afterwards you push it back up so that you have the room in your living area. I only know that because I had to look it up. Oh, I knew what it was. I've always wanted one when I was younger. Obviously now I know it's not like the most ideal situation, but it always looked really cool. And 
I can't remember, to be honest with you, but I think my aunt back when I lived in the Soviet Union had one, but I was really young. So I can't remember if it was a fictional thing I made up in my brain or if it was real. So, but anyway, yeah. Dylan has received $500,000 in the mail. Dylan comes from a criminal family. Everyone in her family has been a criminal of some sort. And she has decided that she wants to make a break for it and have nothing to do with her family and nothing to do with criminals of any sort. And she looks at this $500,000. And she thinks, do you know what good I could do with this? I could take a little bit of that and set myself up in my career, you know, $40,000, $40, 40 thin pieces of rectangular paper, and most of my problems should be solved. And I think that any normal person would have that thought. It's such a small amount in comparison to everything else. But Dylan decides that would be a bad idea. If she starts down that road, it's a very slippery slope and she doesn't want to go there. And she also is smart enough to know that touching that dirty money will just bring problems. It's not just going to solve her problems. It's going to bring some new ones because whoever that money belongs to, obviously her uncles did something kind of shady to get because she knows her family. And not only are they criminals, because as we kind of have gone over this whole series, all the heroes are criminals in a way, but they're redeemable and good, morally gray criminals. Her family is just slimy, greedy, horrible criminals. And they're also not very good criminals. <laughs> no, they suck at being criminals. They're real bad at it. We'll get it. We'll get to it later. But yeah, she decides against it and she starts getting ready for work to go to this open house. But she does have one thought and it it made me it made me evil. She thinks she's safe because after all, he's her uncle and she says there was no way my Uncle Harry would have shipped the cash to me if he thought someone was actively looking for it or if it would put my life in danger. Family was still fam family. So it wasn't like I had to worry about some big Russian thug breaking down my door for it. I mean, he never broke her door down. <laughs> Not that door anyway. <laughs> Not her front door. She goes to work for to this open house. And then we jump to Ivan, who's in Russia, and he's eating a steak <laughs> in a fancy restaurant. He's gotten her uncle. Is this Uncle Frank? This is Harry. Harry, sorry. I get the two uncles confused because they don't matter. But he brings Uncle Harry in. Well, his goons bring Uncle Harry in because Uncle Harry has stolen this $500,000 from him. And uh, he thought he got a fast one over on him. But he didn't, of course. They caught him on a private plane trying to sneak out of Russia. Harold is just stupid. So dumb. He thinks that he can really pull one over on Ivan. He's like, just let me go back to America and I'll get it. I'll yeah. get the money. It's not a problem, really. Yeah, obviously not. So he gets him to tell him, who who did you send the money to? Where is the money? Where is my money? And he says, their name is Dylan Prescott. I sent the money in two boxes. Ivan's been real bored lately, and he decided that he wanted to handle this personally. And killing this Dylan man, because he thinks it's a man, will be fun. So he gets rid of Uncle Harry. One of the things that tickled me is Harold's trying to convince him to let him go back to America, because the person that he sent the money to won't give it to a stranger. And Ivan's like, I can be very persuasive. And he says, but if, if I tell you, you're just going to kill me. And Ivan's response was, I'm going to kill you either way. My apologies. I thought that was clear. Harold is a dumb fuck. Super dumb. He does end up telling him that it was, their name is Dylan Prescott. So he never says their sex. 
or their gender, I should say. Dylan technically is a male name, and Ivan decides it's a man. And he he does get rid of Uncle Harold. Well, his goons get rid of Uncle Harold. (laughs) And then he goes and decides to visit his friends, Dimitri and Vaiska in Chicago. How convenient. (laughs) As he's preparing for his trip, we cut back to Dylan. And Dylan is at work. She's going to an open house. She's hosting an open house for her slimy boss at Odark 30 in the morning. And as she's walking the house and, and doing her job, she's ruminating on her boyfriend, Oliver. Can I just say something about this boss situation? I'm just real mad. We never got justice for boss, like in a bad way. She just stopped working for him. But I feel like he needed to get some sort of Ivan justice and he never did. I kept waiting for something to happen to the boss because he's real horrible to her. He won't give her money. He won't, even though she sells all the, the houses, he won't give her the commissions or part of the commissions even. He holds it over her head, make her continue what she's doing. That's such crap. I remember when I was first looking for, you know, jobs and it was really hard because I was right out of college. I didn't have any sort of professional experience and all these, what made me really mad, which I'm sure a lot of people understand and agree with, is all these entry level jobs needed two to three years of experience. And I was like, how is that entry level if it needs two to three years of experience? I feel like this is kind of the same situation here. It's just nonsense. Anyway, I digress, as I do. (laughs) But Dylan is thinking about Oliver and how she needs to break up with him. He stood her up for their last date, and he just isn't a good fit. He laughs at his own jokes, and he's a bad tipper. And coming from someone who has done customer service, being a bad tipper is a step too far for Dylan. I personally agree. I have worked many server jobs, and those tips are very important. So here's a PSA for everyone. Tip well. I've never been a server because I do not have the patience for it. And I think I would probably get fired on the spot. I actually did one night of service, one whole night, and I quit. It was just not something I could do. But I have many friends who either do work or used to work in the service industry. And so tip well and be nice and clean up after yourselves. They're not your parents. But we're continuing to digress. Dylan is dating this horrible person for the entire fact, not because she's in love with him, Not because the sex is great, but because he is the exact opposite of her family. She's Mm -hmm. proved that she can be like everyone else and she doesn't have to have a life of crime. And she's trying to prove that to herself by dating a normal guy who's not a criminal. Yeah. And then the last date, they were supposed to meet up for some laser tag. And she was really upset because just, she just got stuck there. And she, her note was, why are you taking me out to laser tag? We should be doing something like a nice dinner and a bottle of wine. Personally, I don't agree with that. I think laser tag would be a lot of fun, but I love laser tag. I've done it a long time ago. I haven't done it any time uh, recently, but I actually did laser tag on a cruise ship once. And that would be awesome. It was a lot of fun. The only problem was that it was me and my husband and a bunch of children. Because no adults showed up to play besides me and my husband. So it was it wasn't very fair because we were a lot faster than them because they were literal children, but we still kicked their butts and I do not apologize for it. Good for you. Thank you. I was waiting for the apology and I was I'm, I am happy to know that you're not apologetic. Uh-uh. No, I, I kicked butt. <laughs> Anyway, they made a date and she decided that she's going to break up with him because he's 
obviously not interested in her that way and she's just not happy with him but she figures hey he owes me a dinner so i'm gonna go get a free meal out of it and i'll break up with him then and she's giving this open house to these couples and giving the whole tour and she notes that there's a couple there that clearly because it's like a multi-million dollar house that she's showing there's absolutely no way that they can afford this place but they're just there to snoop the open house and I'm going to have a little confession here. I love snooping open houses. <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> I just love, it doesn't, I don't just have to be a multi-million dollar house. It could be a $2 house. I want to see it. I like, especially if it's a house that someone lives in. I'm just so nosy. I know it's probably like a horrible trait to have, but I just love to see how everybody has their house set up. I want to see the decorations. I want to see all the personal pictures. <laughs> And a lot of times they have snacks. So I'm all for snacks. But the open house is almost over. Dylan has two couples remaining in the house and the front door opens and she starts to welcome him. And it says the words died on my lips because he was huge. She says not huge like fat, but this man is a wall of muscle. Yes, please. He's six foot five short now ladies gentlemen i hit five foot two if i am standing up really really straight oh me too and stretching a little bit and wearing shoes i might hit five foot two so the guy the idea of a muscle bound six foot five man yes please yeah i'm 100 percent with you I am five foot two and three quarters on on a good day, but I'm just five two. Okay, I add the three quarters when I feel a little bit fancy or when I feel a little bit taller. So yeah, six foot is tall. Okay, I'm sorry. Like for me, six foot is tall. My husband is pretty much six foot tall and that's like a mile away from my head. So (laughs) I, I once dated somebody in high school. I don't remember exactly how tall he was, but I think he was about 6'4", and it looked ridiculous. Me and him looked ridiculous together. I had to work on a, walk on a curb to be anywhere near his vicinity. <laughs> yeah, my first, my first boyfriend in high school, I had to stand on a step for us to kiss comfortably. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me a six foot, whatever. I'm all for it. Bring me the, the mountain men, the huge mountain men. But- she notices, and this was something that, that struck me, was that she notices, one, that he is incredibly well-dressed, a very expensive suit, and she notices the tattoos from the collar and the cuffs, but she also notices that he has real heavy rings on his hands. She recognizes that, that men in her past wore rings like that as makeshift brass knuckles, and that would never have occurred to me. So I just thought that was interesting. Well, you do not have, well, I don't think you do, have a family that is full of criminals. (laughs) So, so. Family would be white collar. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, same. So you wouldn't know that, but her family are all low criminals. They're not even the high kind of criminals that Ivan is. They're they're literally the kind that will steal pickpocket and whatever else. So a bare knuckle fight might make sense to have some extra fancy rings on. But she takes him in. She takes this guy in in all of his glory. And she stands there staring at him. She says, words? What are words? 
how do I speak them? I sit there struck and dumb, unable to force my brain to work. And then she starts talking and she can't shut up. I can relate so much to this. <laughs> I have no game. None. I was reading, I don't even remember what book it was, but I was reading a book and the heroine was just tongue-tied and she couldn't talk to a cute guy to save her soul. But she's flirting with everybody else. And one of the characters makes the comment that all women are great until they find a man they want. And that touched my soul because <laughs> I, I open my mouth and I have no idea what's going to come out. I have no control over it. And once it starts, it's this total word vomit that I can't stop. My brain is telling me, shut up, <laughs> stop talking, <laughs> stop talking. No, I can't. It's not going to happen. I am 100% with you. And I feel like I'm a pretty well-spoken human being on a regular basis. I speak for a living. Uh, this is not my job, but I do speak for a living more or less all day. All I do is speak to people. And I have to speak in medical jargon and I have to be poised and professional and well-spoken. And I feel like I do a very good job with that. You put a cute boy in front of me. I, I just, not only do I do exactly what you do, I turn bright pink and I turn to come to a complete bitch. <laughs> so if I'm a real asshole to you, I probably find you attractive. <laughs> when my husband and I first met, he thought I was a stuck-up bitch. That was his impression of me. <laughs> and now we're married. <laughs> well, it must have worked then. Yeah. But during her diatribe, Ivan explains that he is looking for Dylan Prescott. And she lies to him. She's like, oh, he left. He's never coming back. <laughs> and then one of the customers or one of the clients addresses her as Mrs. Pre as Miss Prescott. And she's like, ah, oh, damn it. And Ivan is just floored. He's like, but how can you be Dylan? Dylan is a man's name. And so not only is Dylan a woman, Dylan is a very attractive woman. She says, you know me, you know my name, but I don't know you. And he very gallantly introduces himself. And she says, other than sounding like the perfect name for a Russian supervillain, it didn't ring any bells. But maybe he wasn't here to murder me after giving a thousand mind-blowing orgasms. And my thought was, well, what a way to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no complaints if I have to go, right? Before that, I love that she went into the a boy named Sue. <laughs> because as we know, she has, like, now she's having complete word vomit. So she goes into a, well, my dad wasn't around much, but <laughs> he decided he was a really big Johnny Cash fan, and he thought that a boy named Sue made for a great parenting advice. So he named me Dylan. Stop talking. Stop talking. I have so many of the same conversations in my own damn brain. But he's decided that he wants her now. He doesn't care about the money, but she's attractive, and she's in this house, and she owes him because she lied to him, not because she had the money but because she lied to him. As we've discovered throughout the series, these men don't like it when you lie to them. And they like to take belts to you when you do. Well, she runs from him. Yeah, well, she goes, let me show you the kitchen. And goes, takes a knife from the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> which he's like, do not touch that knife. You do not want to know what the consequences will be if you take that weapon. 
So then she leads them, she runs upstairs. And that is one of the few too stupid to live moments for Dylan because she goes to a place where she has no exit. But she has a, like an idea of why she's going into that bedroom because there's the couple there. So she figures if I'm not alone with him, if there's another couple there, then I'll be okay. But Dylan tries to talk the couple into making an offer and staying a little bit longer. She's like, you can't leave yet. I I haven't shown you the solarium because that's going to make a difference (laughs) with this big, angry looking six foot five wall of Russian muscle standing behind her. And he's like, the house is not still for sale. I want it. I want the house very badly. I want to own it. In fact, I'm already envisioning myself inside it. (laughs) And he's got his hands on her hips and he keeps flexing his hands with every word with that heartfelt. Well, I guess it's probably not his heart. That's. (laughs) (laughs) But she can't speak. And this couple races out. Yeah, I would take the hint as well. I'd be like, peace out. And then he says, now we're all alone. (laughs) And like the other two, he does come up with his own special pet name for her. Mm -hmm. Malinkaya Kukla. Try that again. (laughs) Malinkaya Kukla. I love the Russian pet name. (laughs) Yeah, they're cute. I can't even pronounce them in my head, much less trying to make a fool of myself here. But I just love them. Yeah. And yeah, he does keep telling her. and, And he says... We need to come into an understanding, Malinka Kukla. And she's like, there's nothing to understand. <laughs> I'm fine. Like, I don't know anything. And he says, one lie. My boss will be coming back to check on me. That's one. That's one lie. And he just keeps counting. <laughs> she just keeps lying to him. Then he asks about the money. And she makes the connection in her head that perhaps her uncle would actually send her money with some big, scary Russian dude trying to burst in to take it back. And she realizes there's no reason why she's, you know, if her if her uncle is going to do this, she has no obligation to protect him. She's like, okay, I have your money. Well, actually, no, first she says, I don't have your money. And he says, okay, that's two. You don't want to find out what happens when you get to three. And she tells him again, she says, I'm not involved. I don't know anything about it. I'm innocent. Please just let me go. And he pulls out the worst trick in the book. He says, you disappoint me. I hate that. (laughs) Evil. So she's lied to him three times. And he turns to leave. And Dylan is just filled with relief. Oh, thank God he believed me. But what he's really doing is he closes the bedroom door and locks it. Yes, very ominous clicky lock. And he begins to take off his belt. He's been in the belt, man. Yes, but... Dylan sees him take off his belt and her first thought was he was going to strangle me to death with his fucking belt and my note was maybe I'm just a kinky bitch but strangulation was not my first concern I don't know what my first concern I I think rape would be my first concern not strangulation yeah strangulation would not have been been where I where I went with that but I guess she's thinking he wants to kill her so if your only thoughts are full of murder I guess that's true. Anyway, yeah, but he's, this is a really fun scene because of the back and forth that they have, like the verbal back and forth. 
I think they have some of the best back and forth than any of the series or any Mm -hmm. other couples in the series. They do have a really good back and forth. They're both really witty. But I have I have a note here and he gets close enough to her and she's able to smell him. She says he smells like cologne and soap as if he had just stepped out of the shower. Now, how is it that all romance heroes have a very distinctive scent? There's all kinds of conversation about how women can identify their man by their scent. Maybe my olfactory sense just isn't that good, but I can't even identify what half of these smells smell like. (laughs) I'm like, that means nothing to me. I don't understand. So my sense of smell is a little messed up since I had COVID about a year, a little year and a half ago. But before that, I would have to say that, yes, my Mr. Savage has a specific smell, but he also works in a body shop. So it's just that very specific, like, I don't know, mechanical parts and paint. It's not a very good smell. So I don't know if that's supposed to be, but he does have a smell to him, in my opinion. Well, before COVID, now I can't smell anything. Everybody smells the same. But Ivan at least gives her the rules. Yeah, that's very considerate of him, (laughs) comparatively. None of the other Russian guys do. They just seem to expect them to know it. But Ivan at least gives her specifically, you know, the first one, don't lie to me. The second one, never make me tell you something twice. And she says, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Please just tell me what you want me to say. I want you to say you are a very bad little doll for lying to me. I blinked, not sure if he was serious. His eyebrow arched and what I was coming to learn was a gesture of impatience. And then he says he's going to punish her. Yes, here we go. And unlike, well, Dimitri just jumped right into the sex. Poor Emma had no real hope there. And I guess Vasca really did too, because it was just moments after meeting Mary that he was seeing her in the bedroom. But at least their sex was just fairly normal sex. Yeah, Vasca tied Mary up, but Ivan just dives in with that belt. Yeah, he just smacks the crap out of her with the belt. Not in an abusive way. No, 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 not not in a bad way. In a sexy way. (laughs) Yeah, in a sexy way. But also, Ivan holds off the actual sex. There is no penetration happening until later on. That's true. He only really fingers her and, and that's it and eats her out. Actually, he gets absolutely nothing out of this, technically speaking, which I noted because he didn't. Did he come? I don't think he did. No, he doesn't because he he doesn't. Uh, he makes her blow him when they, he brings her to her, her, her apartment. But in the house, he just gets her off a couple of times and calls it a day. And then they don't have sex up until he brings her to the hotel room, which is way later. So in that way, he's kind of a gentleman. Ivan has a lot of consideration about how he feels towards Dylan during this punishment scene because he's never reacted to anyone like this. And he has a moment of that, you know, if I were a better man, I would just let take the money and go. I would leave mm-hmm. him down at the beautiful living doll stretched out before me like a virgin sacrifice. I thanked God for every sin and misdeed that had blackened my bitter heart. I was not a good man. I sure as fuck wasn't a gentleman. And I had no intention of letting her go. 
I, I also highlighted that sentence. <laughs> but then he said, learning that the thief's name was Dylan Prescott was actually a stunning woman and not a man had been a pleasant surprise. My first instinct had been to turn on the charm. I'd been confident by the end of the afternoon I would have my money and a quick fuck for my troubles. Then she opened her gorgeous full mouth of hers and lied right to my face. A woman who would dare to lie to a man as intimidating as me was not the type of woman to fuck once and forget. No, a woman with confidence and bravado like that was a rare jewel and I was never one to pass up seizing a treasure for my own. So her lying to him really was what sealed her fate, even though she thought she was doing a good thing. Poor thing. She couldn't win for losing. No. And then he just... He said something like he fucked people all the time, but it wasn't a big deal. And he never wanted to get anything complicated. So he never wanted a relationship. But now staring down at Dylan, I had a sudden craving to complicate the fuck out of my life, which was amazing for me. And then he says, get on the bed and spread your legs and all that lovely stuff. But he does say it in Russian. So she has absolutely no idea what he's saying. He says, мне понравится раздвигать твои ноги which means i would like i would i will like spreading your legs <laughs> classy very classy but she says i don't know what you're saying and he says i want to hear you beg me to whip you with my belt i was a cruel bastard but i wanted to hear her sweet innocent voice asking me to punish her like the bad girl she was i mean we're just diving right in and then he talks about how he's happy she's afraid of him yeah he likes that that turns him on as opposed to vaska and Dimitri, he enjoys the fear and he enjoys the pain and punishment on a more visceral level than I think either of the other two did. Yeah, because honestly, the other two didn't want them to be scared. They just scared them because they wanted them to act a certain way. So they did it more out of necessity. He's doing it just to be a jackass. He's doing it just because he can. Because she already told him she had the money. He could just, And she already told him she would give him the money. So there's really no reason to scare her. And he starts with the belting and she screams like most people would, but he lashes her again and again, and she's crying for him to stop, begging for him to stop. And he says, ignoring her, please, I struck her on the underside of her ass, just skimming the tops of her thighs. And that sealed his bastard fate for me. It was not that he belted her. It was that he went for the skin just below the ass and just above the thighs, because that hurts worse than any other place I have ever felt a leather strap. That might be more information that I should have shared. I like it. But that hurts. And he knew that it hurts. He's a professional, Tori. What do you think? This this guy's just a whipping her just for funsies. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> and she starts, she says, I'll give you the money, please. I, I'll tell you where it is. Just stop. Anything to make it stop. And he says, I think it's adorable that you think this is about the money. And she says, well, then why are you doing it? You know, if it's, if it's not to get your money back, why are you, why are you treating me this way? Why are you doing this to me? And he says, because I have decided to keep you. And if you're going to be mine, you need to understand there will be rules and punishments when you break them. She says, you can't do that. You can't just claim me like I'm some freaking sack of flour. I rose to my full height, towering over her. And who's going to stop me? And that right there sums up Ivan. Yeah, because he tells her multiple times later on that her opinion doesn't matter. That she doesn't, she says she doesn't want to be with him, that she's going to run away. And he says, okay, great, try. I'll just chase you down. 
But before that, she, because he, he does break her pearls, her fake pearls, and she's real upset about that. And then when he makes her like lift her skirt and stuff and he's like groping her, he notices she's wet and she tells him that it's because she's thinking of her boyfriend. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he says, you will beg me for my mercy before I'm finished with you for that, <laughs> for another lie. So. And the sex scenes in this book have my crack in them because they make her admit what she wants in every scene, you know, beg me to hurt you, beg me to spank you, beg me to fuck your ass. I want you to admit your sweet pussy is wet for me right now. And Dylan goes, fuck, we're all Russians so freaking blunt. (laughs) And my comment was, well, all Zoe Blake Russian men's are, and it's delicious. I don't. I mean, I'm not one to to be like the ambassador for Russian men here, but I have not met one that's like that. <laughs> so you're breaking my heart. I'm so sorry. These are fictional men, Tori. You find me. You find me a Julian, okay? <laughs> I'll work on that. I'll see what I can do for your Christmas gift. But I also got really tickled because. After the punishment, he, of course, wants to make her feel better. So he starts to go down on her. And she says, wait, no, don't do that. I don't like that sort of thing. And he laughs at her. That's because you've only ever been with selfish boys who don't know how to please a woman. And it turns out he's right because she did enjoy herself several times. Of course she did. It's a romance novel. I was thinking that maybe you had gotten it wrong, but. But you're right. He doesn't fuck her then. No, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. There's no P and V penetration until the hotel. Yeah, he says, I promise we will fuck, but I needed to train your tight pussy to open for me. I don't want to break my pretty doll the first time I played with her. Yeah, because of course he's got another monster situation happening down there. I feel like they're bigger every book. They're just bigger and bigger, which is ridiculous because they've started out at 10 inches. How much more do we really need to? Just saying. Well, throughout this this one scene, which is a hell of a first scene, it's not as entertaining to me as Dimitri and Emma, but on a purely spice level, this one blew it out of the water, I thought. Yeah, it's super sexy. And there's not even, like we said, like there's no penetration happening and it's still super hot. He does, however, go to the ass plate in this scene. Yeah. Vasca and Dimitri, that's not something that comes until later on in the book. You know, they kind of work up there. They kind of up the ante with each experience. Ivan goes whole hog this first time. He's like, okay, we're just going to get this all out of the way and you're going to enjoy it. And she says, the only thing scarier sounding than the Russian language was a large Russian with his hand inside of you growling something at you in Russian. I had no idea what he said, but I certainly caught his meaning. I submitted. And that just made me laugh. Yeah. But then they're finished and he's he starts like getting dressed and she's confused because they hadn't had sex. <laughs> and that's when he tells her, like, don't worry, like, we'll, we'll do it. And then she says, well, I have to clean up the kitchen before we leave because he's like, take me to my money. I found this whole scene hysterical because he said, absolutely not. Like my woman doesn't clean up. And she said, I'm not your woman. And he said, absolutely. You are my woman. But he's, she's, she begged him, please let me clean up. Otherwise I'm going to get fired. 
and he called in his like cleanup crew. I howled. <laughs> he cle- he called this cleanup crew and said, "Hey, I need you to come clean up on such and such street." And they said, "How many bodies?" <laughs> and he said, "No bodies, just some champagne glasses and cookies." And he's like, "Wait, what kind of code is this? Did I miss something?" The guys seemed real confused. And he said, "It's not code. It's legit. Just some cookies. Just come on." I. I just, cookies, is that supposed to be some kind of code? And I died. Yeah. So he takes Dylan and he's going to take her to get his money. But before he does, he fusses at her because she doesn't have an appropriate code. Yeah. Oh, he does. She doesn't have a code at all. Yeah, she doesn't have a code at all. And he's not happy about that. So he, he gives her his code. He carries her to the car. And this was the other, this was one of the other parts that got me. He says, I hated rental cars, so I purchased one to have ready as a private hangar for when my plane arrived this morning. Oh, how that 1% of the population live. It yeah. just blows my mind. Even though it's total fiction, my brain was just like disengaged at that point. It was like, what the fuck would that be like? Well, you know that, I mean, yes, this is fiction, but you know there are people like that. 100% there are people like that. And there are 1,000% people who are just like, I don't feel like dealing with the rental. So just to have a, a Mercedes S-Class whatever ready for me whenever I get there, just make sure that it's black. <laughs> I get with the flashy black cars that uh-huh. aren't flashy. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the Range Rover comment in the last one killed me. And this was another one that killed me. But then he decides he's going to keep her. He decides, well, you know, while in America, I might as well just keep her as my, like, sex toy for a little while. She's fun. I'll I'll pick her up good. It'll be fine. Yeah. If she were nothing more than a pleasant diversion, my stay in America would be more, she would complicate things. Fortunately, she was not. And my note was, sure, you dummy, you already love her. Like, (laughs) you just don't know it because you're dumb-dumb. So they end up at her apartment and... He he insults her apartment because it's so small. Because they open the door and he says, where's the rest of it? And she says, hey, not all of us have, can just afford million dollar homes because we're criminals. Like some of us work for a living and this is what we can afford. So you should just say what a beautiful home and shut up. <laughs> and he says, if you want a million dollar home, baby girl, I will buy you one. Well, what I liked is he's interrogating her about his uncle, about her uncle. And he's, you know, how do you, how are you involved with him? And she says, I'm really honestly not involved with him. I don't want anything to do with that life. He could go straight to hell. And Ivan's first response to that was, it was good to know my putting a bullet in her uncle's head wouldn't cause any unpleasant complications between us. I wanted nothing getting in the way of her keep of her keeping my bed warm these next few weeks. It's nice to know that he is so single-minded. I mean, yeah, he's like, great. I'm glad this won't matter because I'm still going to have sex with you. I mean, let's just be honest here. Even if it would have mattered, he wouldn't have cared. No, but then he makes light of her apartment, but he, he says he's glad that she lives in such a shithole because it means she must not have a man taking care of her. And then he gets really mad because she kept the money in her Murphy bed. And she's like, well, where did you want me to put it? You know, 
And he was like, you should have put it in a safety deposit box or un- under a floorboard, not in a fucking Murphy bag, like for anybody to just find. And then, of course, he took his belt off again <laughs> because she has angered him. And she says, please don't punish me. I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't have time to think. I didn't know my uncle was going to send it to me. Like, I didn't I didn't know anything about this. And this will come back to us. But he says, I'm very angry right now. And when I'm angry, someone either gets killed or fucked. <laughs> I, I marked that one, too. <laughs> my my note at this was this was not a typical romance blowjob. There is absolutely no finesse. Mouth throat fucking at its finest. Pretty much. He puts her on her on her knees and goes to town. And he doesn't care that she cries. He doesn't care that she gags. That just turns him on more. And he just fucks her throat harder. What I had noted was this was the f- only time that he doesn't come inside her as in like in her vag. Well, no, he wants to get her pregnant. Yeah, it, almost immediately he wants to get her pregnant. So I think he even notes in his head, like, oh, kind of a waste that this is going to just go down her throat. Then he says, be ready at eight. I'm going to come pick you up. And we're going to go on a date. Well, he (laughs) takes the money and leaves. He leaves her feeling bad about it. Yeah. He doesn't feel good about this. Not good as in, you know, okay, everything's going to be okay. She remarks that she feels like a whore now. And he doesn't really do anything to fix that before he takes the money and leaves. Well, because he kind of is treating her like a whore on purpose. She's only his doll for a few weeks and then he's off. He doesn't care. But I felt bad for her. Yeah, no, I felt horrible for her too, of course, because she just immediately wants to take a shower. I mean, obviously, everybody checked the triggers. You should know by now. These are the things that happen in these books. But she feels raped, right? She feels dirty and she just wants to take a shower. And of course, she can't because she has a really shitty shower that the handle falls off of. Fortunately, her best friend lives across the hall. How convenient. So she goes over to Karina's house, or Karina, and she takes her shower. And as she's doing this, she decides, I'm just going to have to avoid him until he leaves the country. Because she honestly thinks that's going to work. And I thought that was funny. Yeah, I mean, out of all the characters, I think she is the most a little too stupid to live. Because she just keeps making stupid mistakes on purpose. She keeps making these mistakes. This dude clearly will not leave you alone. You think just going on a date with some other dude to avoid him is going to work? No. No, it's not going to work. This guy's a little unhinged. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. No, out of the four books that I've read, she definitely is the least intelligent of the heroines. Now, that's not to say she's too stupid to live, because I have read many heroines that are worse. Way worse. But she falls a little short of the mark on this. Yeah, she's no Mary. But she takes her shower at Karina's, and they drink a little bit, and she tells Karina everything that happened. She holds nothing back. Yeah, they have coffee. They have coffee with fake powdered creamer. And then she starts telling her about what's happening. And Karina decides to put some some liquor in it to make it Irish coffee. A story like this needs some Irish coffee. I agree. Um, And then she tells her that she has $5,000 in her apartment. And the first first thing Karina says, oh, can I see it? I've just never seen that amount of money. She wants to like lay around on it and take some pictures on it. Which, I mean, if I had that much money at my disposal, I might also do that. But Dylan decides that she's got to finish getting ready for her date with Oliver. Yeah, because she needs to get out of there. 
So she tries to go back to her apartment and they open the door and run into Maxim. <laughs> now Dylan is wrapped in a towel. She didn't take clothes with her to Karina. She just wrapped a towel around her and ran across the hall. And Karina is in her pajamas. <laughs> and they open the door and there's another Russian dude. Another humongo Russian dude. Another mountain human being full of tattoos. Looks scary looking man. And, and she and Karina have an argument about which one of the Dylan. <laughs> Because Corinna's like, I'm Dylan. And Dylan's like, no, I'm Dylan. (laughs) Well, Corinna's trying to protect her and Dylan is trying to protect Corinna. So it's a really sweet friendship they have. But Maxim takes a a note that Corinna is herself and he yells at both of them for being naked (laughs) and in a hallway. And we note that usually Karina has a very fast turnaround and she can strip a man of his pride in like three seconds, but she's just dumbfounded by this man until finally it hits her and then she does yell at him. But he says something like, if you don't get back in your apartment, I'll like spank you right here in the hallway or something like that. He says, I'm the man who's going to strip that skimpy piece of fabric you call an outfit off of your body and spank your ass red if you don't obey me this instant. My note was, she's living her own romance novel now. Let's see how she likes it. Because she had compared Dylan's experience to a romance novel. And Dylan was not pleased with it. Now Corinna's getting her opportunity. Yeah. So, Maxim and Corinna's book is next. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. But yeah, they. it's really funny because they run into their prospective apartments and close the door and then slowly open them. And immediately he says, close those doors, ladies. And they shut them. I could just see that as a movie scene. And it works so well in my brain. Mine too. The pictures in Zoe's books are always very clear in my head. And I love that. I love the way that she paints the pictures in my mind. Can I just say that I know that not everybody does this when they read, but you see a movie in your brain when you're when you're reading, right? I do. Okay, so do I. My husband does not. He just sees words, <laughs> which is crazy. I think it's just the kind of brain we have. So we cut back to Ivan, and he's breaking into a house. He has his gun out, and he sneaks in the bedroom, and he notices he notes that there are two figures in the bed. One is a woman. So he slips to the side with the man, and he raises the gun and puts it against his forehead. And then he taunts him that marriage has made him weak and careless until he realizes that there is now a handgun that has been pressed to his crotch. And he realized maybe Dimitri hasn't gone that soft after all. (laughs) But the guy that he's broken in on is Dimitri and Emma, because as we noted before, they were friends and work colleagues in their arms dealing business. Ivan has a very interesting view on American restaurants. He thinks McDonald's is the end-all and be-all. And it's mentioned on several occasions throughout the book that he thinks McDonald's hamburgers are the best hamburgers in the world. And everybody laughs at him. Everybody thinks it's hysterical, but he is adamant that McDonald's is the best. So he's brought McDonald's breakfast to share with Dimitri. Uh, You know, a lot of Russians, older Russians, think that McDonald's is the best because... It comes from America and there was only like one in the middle of Moscow for a while. So it was exclusive. Like he said, there was a line to get the stupid burgers. 
It makes sense. I understand it. I just disagree with it. But Emma is pregnant and they start talking about names for the baby. And Ivan cracked me the fuck up because Dimitri mentions that he wants a little, he wants a girl instead of a boy. And the reason is because Emma wants to name him Benedict after her favorite character in Much Ado About Nothing. And Ivan says, well, you could always tell her no. Explain to her you're the father and the man of the house and you will name the children. (laughs) And Dimitri laughs and he says, I was just remembering when I was as naive. One day you will learn it is not so easy telling the woman you love, especially if she is an American woman. No. And Ivan goes, well, marriage has made you soft. You just need to show them you're in charge and that they must submit to your demands. I have been in the country for less than three hours and I have already done so to one American woman. And I just, poor Ivan, he doesn't know what's, what he just doesn't know what's in the, the works for him. No. Speaking of naming children, I think that Dimitri has a very good point because I named both my children and my husband did not agree with this one's name right over here. And guess what? Her name is still her name. So (laughs) I do the work, you do the fun. I get to name the baby. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Ivan and Dimitri have the conversation about about the money and Ivan has retrieved it. And he comments about finding the money on her bed. And I love Emma because she said, well, she was probably taking a selfie after having sex on it. Which horrifies Ivan. She goes, seriously, it didn't occur to either of you that someone might want to get naked and have sex on crazy piles of cash and maybe take a few photos afterwards. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, probably not because money is dirty, physically dirty, and I wouldn't want to be naked on it. But in theory, it sounds great. We also find out during this scene that Ivan still has Dylan's phone. He pocketed it before she could call the police at the open house. So he goes to her phone, sends a couple of of sexy-ish selfies that she's taken to his phone so he has them because that's not an invasion of privacy. He reads her text messages and finds out about her upcoming date with Oliver. And he sends his Oliver information to himself too in case he needs to kill him later. He says, my schedule was packed today, but I would have time tomorrow morning to swing by his home and kill him for touching my woman. But he also notes that Dylan has a date with Oliver that she is obviously canceling because he informed her they were going out tonight at eight. So clearly she should drop everything she's doing and go on a date with him. But Ivan and Dimitri have some work conversation and Ivan explains that Dimitri and Vasca have gotten weak and soft from being in America for so long. And Dimitri tells him, well, just be careful because if you're, if you're not careful, you're going to find yourself commit, happily committed like Vasca and me. He says, oh, that won't happen to me. Dylan will do as she's told. Yeah. And then Dimitri does point out that, well, you know, I do have known you for many years and this is the first time you've actually brought up a person like a lady's name multiple times so that might mean something my friend and meanwhile dylan is going on a date and she's trying to break up with him and he is a complete asshole not the kind we like because she says look i think you're a nice guy and all but obviously we're just not working out and he says wait stop 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 you're embarrassing yourself you thought we were actually dating so she gets really embarrassed and she tries to leave but he grabs her arm grabs her wrist and he won't let her leave and he's telling her all these horrible things about herself like 
did you really think that I would date somebody like you? You're just a quick fuck. And I was just giving you a courtesy, courtesy dinner. Since you don't want to date me anymore, let's just get the courtesy dinner out of the way. I don't, I don't have to even feed you. Let's just go fuck in the car. Yeah. I mean, and what are you going to do? Put holes in the condom so you can trap me? Oh, I just wanted to, to beat the man. Yeah, he was a complete asshole. And she's trying to get up. She says, you're hurting me. Let go of me. And she picks up the wine that she's drinking to throw in his face. And he says, throw wine on me and I'll. And then he stops talking. And we know why. <laughs> and this this is my, this is my put it in my veins shit. Like, I love this shit where the hero comes in and pretty much beats the shit out of the other love hero, the other love interest, because they're being an asshole. <laughs> well, Oliver is just plain stupid. I mean, you talk about a character that's too stupid to live. He tries to put this brave face on and he's like, well, what are you going to do about it? We're having a private conversation so you can just see yourself out. He tries to carry himself out of it. He's like, I, if you don't leave, I'm going to call over the manager. <laughs> Ivan is not having any of it. And he says, apologize to the lady. And he does stab him in the arm. Apologize to the lady. What lady? I don't see a lady. And that is when Ivan stabs him in the hand with a steak knife. <laughs> and he breaks his nose. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. He does emasculate him. He does manage to get the the apology out of Oliver. Then he runs Oliver out of town. He says, you'll leave and you'll never come back and you'll never speak of this. Otherwise, I will end you and your whole family. Very romance hero-like. Mr. Savage takes some notes. And then he hauls Dylan out. And she is not having it. She's like, thank you for saving me, but I gotta go. See you, bye. And then they run into some cops. They're like, we heard that there was a disturbance over here. And that's when Ivan calls, I think it was Dimitri, and hands the phone to the cops. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry, Mr. Morozov. Please go on with your day. We didn't know you know you knew Dimitri. And then he he's like, all right, you're coming with me, whether you like it or not. So you pick, you want to get in the trunk or you want to get in the front seat, my dear. And she keeps giving him attitude. So he does plop her in the trunk. And she's like, this is kidnapping. <laughs> He's like, that's not the worst thing I've done. She's freaking out in the trunk and she breaks a heel while trying to get out, like loses a, loses her purse. It's just like a mess in there. They get to his hotel and after they get to his hotel, it's on the very like, he brings her to his hotel and it's on the very, the, the uh, parking garage. And at this point she does, she thinks he's going to murder her again. <laughs> yeah. She what keeps going you? back. Uh, no, I think... I think I think I would have picked up on the point that he just wants to have sex with me. Yes, but just because he's taking her there to have sex does not preclude that he won't kill her afterwards. I guess you have a point. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. But yeah, he brings her to the top of this parking garage and it's empty because she starts screaming for help. But there's no not even in like another car over there. And this is my favorite sex scene of the whole book. OK, Mine too. OK, yeah, this was amazing. First of all, it is chapters multiple chapters long well the intro snagged my attention right away what are you going to do with me without turning around he responded nonchalantly i'm going to finish my drink and then take you into the bedroom and fuck you i blinked seriously who the hell talked like this i i i no you're not he turned in the soft light of the room his eyes seemed to glow a bright cerulean blue you're right the knot in my stomach loosened. He drained the glass and set it aside. Keeping his eyes trained on me, he unbuttoned his shirt. I'll probably fuck you here first. Yeah. 
And that was one of my favorite moments. And then it leads into this delicious, delicious scene. Up against the windows and over the couch. And then, oh yeah, the jacuzzi. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Focus, Matt. Focus. I love this, this whole scene so much that I sent for, okay, prelude. Let's my best friend just moved into this skyscraper with full windows okay full floor to singling windows oh i hope she's not high enough that she can she can have she's against those very high up and i'm not i don't want to say the state but she's not in my state she's far away so i have i haven't seen it in person but she was showing me on facetime and i was the first thing i thought of <laughs> was the sexy so i told her i was like have you had sex against those windows yet She's like, no, like, what the hell's wrong with you? She's actually living a legit romance novel dream. This is my doctor friend who I was telling you about. Oh, okay. She recently broke up with her very long, long, long-term horrible boyfriend and is now dating a biker. Awesome. Tell me this isn't a romance novel premise. I'm down. I, right? I would volunteer for that. And I've been tiptoeing her into the, the romance world. I've been sending her books and I started her easy, you know, not not an R caliber of stuff. <laughs> Probably a wise choice. Yeah. So, and she listens to the podcast, so hi, friend. And so she is dating this guy, and she's she told him that I told her <laughs> she should have sex against the windows, and he's all for it. Of course, well, they haven't done it yet. But then I sent her this sex scene, just like highlighted it and sent it to her. And of course, I had to make sure like triple check that I actually sent it to her. Like I'm sending it to her and not my mother-in-law. Anyway, she, I I sent her this highlight. And what she said to me back was, holy shit. And I said, that's only half. Do you want more? And she said, I'm going to buy this book. So you're welcome, Zoe Blake. I just got you a new customer actually sent that to Zoe too, because I thought it was hysterical. But anyway, that's how much I love this sex scene. And I'm really hoping that she she does it and tells me because I I have to just live vicariously through her at this point, because I don't have windows like that. <laughs> and also, I have two children. I remember when we were talking about in the Anna Zares episode where you were like, oh, you know, you could totally do that stuff. You just need a gym bag. What you fail to realize, Tori, is that I get cock blocked by my children nonstop even have time for a quickie okay my husband and I tried to have sex like a week or so ago and we got stopped twice two separate occasions by two separate children so you want me to get this I'm all for it like for this gym bag and this situation but I don't even have time for a quickie you want me to set up a whole thing with whips and whatever else not gonna happen my friend not until these children are older Okay, my friend is having 30 minute cunnilingus sections. I can't even have a quickie. End of rant. I'm sorry that my heart breaks for you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dylan is not having the problem of not having enough time. No, because she doesn't have a child yet. He's he has not put one in her yet, (laughs) but he is about to give it his best shot. Yes. This is the first time they have sex. Yes. Like full on penetrative sex because he's eaten her out a bunch of times and he's she's given him a blowjob. But this is the first time they have actual sex. And holy but Jesus, it's so hot. 
he does her up against the windows with her like her boobs pressed against the glass. Oh, and in there there are some wonderful mind moments mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. against that glass. Yes. It was I was oh, all for it. So and I thought of you. Thank you. Thank you. I thought of me as well. <laughs> and then he like bent her over the edge of the couch and he did her real oh, first of all. He's not wearing a condom. We note because not. she's she's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm gonna have sex with you." He's like, "Put on a condom." I'm not on any birth control, and he said, "No." You have to put one on. I've never fucked a woman with that one before. You're safe. It's not just that I'm not on birth control. I never ever. You have to, please. You can't. Don't tell me what I can and cannot do. I'm going to make sure you feel every hard inch of me. There will be nothing between us. Do you understand me? Now push your hips back. This was too much for my already overstimulated mind to process. So I didn't move to obey him. Bad girl. Bad girl. Remember rule number two? Yes. Don't make me repeat myself. Damn it. Because he really does want to just knock her up at this point. He's already had it in his brain. Like it it wouldn't be the worst thing that can happen. And then later on, like after this sex situation happens, he's like, tomorrow morning, I'll inform her that we're going to have a baby. (laughs) Yes. Because that's just how it works, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, it was real hot because he has sex with her against the edge of the couch with her butt all in the air and stuff. And her legs not touching the floor. And then and then the jacuzzi scene. They're all done. Of course, this is like another Superman situation because he does finish in her. Right. Yes. And then he wants to just. I have a question about that. Okay. I noted because it struck me as odd that. After he comes in her, he still goes down on her. And I that just struck me as, as damn, he's determined. Well, some people are into that. I haven't Maybe. dated anyone who was. I haven't either, but I, I listened to a, <laughs> I listened to a, you probably would like it. I've told you about it. The kink podcast. Okay. It's a pink kink podcast. And they're very educational and very interesting to listen to. And I don't know. And there's all sorts of stuff, but there are people who are into pretty much everything so i think this is a it's not even that like he might not even the, not that he's jesus speak english not not even necessarily that he's into it but he's so into her that he doesn't care he just wants to get her off any yeah. means possible and i think that's more of that situation than him liking although he probably likes the fact that he's in there <laughs> he's like yeah although you would think he'd want to keep it in there not not get it out well, he d- it does say, I believe, that he pushes he pushes some back in. Of course he does. <laughs> of course he does. But, like, it's really not that, like, it, it's too much info. But there's no way to keep that all in there. <laughs> Just no way. going to be all over the place. Romance novels never talk about how messy sex is. Because sex, if it's done right, is messy. Super. But, yeah, he, he does go down on her. And then the proverbial bathtub slash shower scene but jesus this is a new twist on that for sure oh my god yes it's an underwater blowjob i have never come across anything like it no but kudos for that imagination zoe because damn i don't i was trying to think of the logistics for that like i don't know if i'd be down to be honest with you it's hard enough to breathe as it is i don't need water involved i 
I have a fear of getting my face wet. Oh, so you would not like it. (laughs) Being submerged underwater. I had an incident that happened when I was just little with a very, I don't remember anything besides the moo moo at the beach that was holding me down. So I have a fear of moo moos and underwater, but I can't cope with the idea of, of the underwater blowjob. I don't know how that works. But it makes me want to try. <laughs> and that is impressive. It did not make me want to try it. I did like the creativity and it was definitely hot. Oh, it was hot as hell. Yeah. Because he holds her head underwater. <laughs> makes her blow him and lets her come up for air a little bit but and then also positions her in such a way that the jacuzzi jet squirts her into clit it's a whole situation it is and you need to read it yes like i said it's multiple chapters long so get get you a snack and go for it the windows starts in chapter 12 and you're going to be reading for a little bit yeah but do it trust us definitely do it definitely do it yeah this was an incredible scene bravo very good. And I, whole, I did a whole TikTok on just the scene <laughs> of how long it was <laughs> and how amazing it was. I also feel like I should tell you guys that I, I feel like I've officially made it on TikTok because I'm in TikTok jail. A video I made was too sexy because apparently that that's possible. <clears throat> anyway, and then they, they go to sleep and then he, that's when he decides that his great idea is, well, he was going to keep her just here for while he's in the States, but now he decided he just, I think he's going to take her with him. And he wants to, he's in his thirties now, it's time for him to have a child. And why not have it with this lady that he's just met who absolutely doesn't want a child with him. And then he has the brilliant deduction that when he gets tired of Dylan, because he probably would, he would let her go and keep the child. He says, I would send her on her way with a sizable fortune while I kept our son with me. This was a good plan. I was sure she would see it my way when I told her in the morning. Yeah. I also love how you just determined it was going to be a son. Well, naturally. My my note was, dude is just asking to be murdered in his sleep tomorrow night. But yeah, I I did love that as well. I love that whole thing that he was just, I think is a reasonable thing. I'm in my 30s. It's time to have a baby. Let's do it. I'm going to tell her tomorrow morning that we're having a baby. (laughs) It's like, hopefully she's already pregnant. Well, she gets exasperated with him. And he's like, you know, you're really beautiful when you're angry, but I don't understand what you're mad about. She's like, you threw me in a trunk. You interrupted my date. Then you stabbed my date. And how could you just as casually announce that I am no longer allowed to work? Oh, and bonus, you're hoping to knock me up while you use me as your fuck toy trip souvenir. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But he doesn't seem anything wrong with it. And he does order the entire breakfast menu, which I loved. And then he goes to work and he says that Emma and Mary are going to come hang out with her and keep her company. And it's more because he doesn't want her to run away. (laughs) He needs to keep her busy. I think that at some point in the conversation, he does tell her that she can go on birth control, but he won't use condoms. And that I think it was phrased for now. For now. Yeah. He said you can use the birth control for now, but I don't think she actually ever does have a chance to go on it. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I love me my my alpha possessive crazy people. And these are some of the reasons why. <laughs> Ivan, he might be my favorite hero out of the, the series. 
I need to reread Sweet Brutality. Okay. Because I haven't had the opportunity to read it four or five times like I have the others. <laughs> so I have to reread Maxim. But up until this point, Ivan is my, is my favorite. Yeah, I have to say, I have to agree. I think up, up until this point, Ivan is my favorite. I think we have very similar tastes in people. Ivan is my favorite so far and Mary is my favorite. And that's the same for you, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, then the girls come, Emma and, and Emma is super pregnant. No, actually, oh, no? she does. She does, quote, escape. Remember, she goes back to her apartment. And oh, that's right. They come later. Uncle, oh, I forgot. Yes, yes. I her forgot. husband there. Yeah, she she says, OK, I'll stay with you, but. I have to go get some stuff from my apartment. And he drops her off. And instead of letting him come in, she says, no, no, don't worry about it. I'm just going to go in because she's trying to make an escape for it. She says, this guy is insane. He wants to knock me up, bring me to Russia. I got to grab some cash. I got to grab some clothes and I got to just leave for until he goes back to Russia and then I can come back, which I mean, obviously it's not going to work, but good try, my friend. A for effort. Yeah. And she call she calls her boss to get her last paycheck. And he says he's not going to give it to her until she goes to work at this open house that he set up. Because, we don't know this, but Ivan set it up because he knew she was going to go to work. <laughs> and he wanted to catch her in the in the act. But between but, the call to the, before the call to the boss, Ivan drives away. She comes into her apartment and she realizes that it's been trashed. And it turns out that it is her uncle Frank, not Uncle Harry, because he's in Russia or he was dead in Russia. We're not really sure if he's dead yet or not. But Frank wants to know where is his money? And she says, well, some Russian people came and took it. I don't have it anymore. And uncle got very upset about that and punched her in the face. Which apparently isn't the first time that he has done that to her. No, because she after she covers it up, she explains to Ivan that it's not the first time that it's happened. Mm-hmm. So she's had experience. But Frank, okay, he's he's a total douche. And we know that because of his attitude. But he really blames Dylan. He tells her like three or four times, this is all your fault. And I have tried to examine it from all kinds of different perspectives. And I can't find a single way that this comes down to her being at fault. Well, no, absolutely not. He's just a crazy person and in not the good way. (laughs) No, not the good way. But he does leave and she starts getting ready for work because she needs this money to escape Ivan. And she ends up, I love that they're always in skirts. (laughs) Have you noticed that? I have. She's wearing this longer plaid, uh, pleated skirt and like a cardigan or something like that. Because Ivan notes that she he likes that she's wearing something conservative. That's right. <laughs> and she's and she's a because she's gotten black eyes before. She's very good at covering them, so she covers up her black eye and ends up at this open house and. <laughs> Of course, Ivan walks in and he notes that he really doesn't like that she's working at such a vulnerable job. She's putting herself in harm's way with all these randos at the open houses and no woman of his will ever do that. So that was just a note in his head. But he finds her and she obviously she's startled, but her hair is in her face and she's trying to cover it up a little bit. And he says, what's wrong with you? And she's like, nothing, nothing. And he brings her over and like washes her face forcefully (laughs) and gets real mad when he discovers that black eye. He says, who did this? And she doesn't want to tell him because she knows if she tells him that he's going to kill whoever it was. And she doesn't want her uncle killed, even though he's a horrible human being. She does eventually tell him and 
then he drags her is it i think it's to mary and vasquez yeah vasquez's house but there there's one thought that ivan is totally banana pants crazy and if you have any question about it he thinks it would be easy to easier to take care of her once i got her to russia she would have no connections and could not speak the language the idea of having her under my complete control and dependent on me for her every need while she remained under my roof in Moscow had its appeal. Perhaps I would cut my business trip short and fly her back there by the end of the week. She would try to object, of course, but once I had her on my private plane, there would be nothing she could do about it. Yeah, very rational. But I'm totally rational. It. Doesn't everybody think this way? That's so hot. It really is. Oh my God. Why does that work for me? What's wrong with me? It really works for me because it, it's almost like back at uh, Julian Escagara's world. You're just going to be on an island because you can't speak the language. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, it really if it, it was it was hot. And this is the scene where he realizes he loves her. Yeah. Which I thought was, it was very sweet that he finally realized he wasn't going to be able to get her pregnant and keep the baby. But they've known each other for less than 36 hours. Yeah. Love seems a bit fast. Yeah, but, but um, this man goes from one from from zero to three hundred full stop. All so. these heroes, the same thing. I mean, they're they all just almost imp- it's almost like a faded mates situation. Like they imprint on the on their ladies and that's it. It's over for the ladies because they have no choice, <laughs> which I like it. I like it when they have no choice. I do, too. <laughs> But then he takes her to Vasca and Mary's. He yeah. threatens to put her back in the trunk because she doesn't mm-hmm. want to go. Oh, and yeah. And he goes to, but she she complies. And then she gets there and Vasca and him go off to murder her uncle very blatantly. And <laughs> Mary is stuck with her. And Maxim, Ivan's right-hand man, has... Ivan calls Maxim to have him meet them where they're going to dispose of Frank. And Maxim has to take care of Karina first. So it sets up the next book. And Dylan's freaking out because she's like, wait, what do you mean he has Karina? But what's wrong with Karina? Why does he have Karina? Is he going to hurt her? And and then he does show. I loved that scene too, where Maxim shows up with a, with a car with Karina all duct taped in the front seat. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it in this book just from the the flat the, the the momentary flash that we got but the whole scene from Karina's point of view and sweet brutality that just made it it's hysterical because Ivan's like I think he asks him at some point like oh is this going to be a problem he's like it's my problem don't worry about it I've got it handled <laughs> he's like these American women just don't want to listen which I don't know what world they're living in Russian women don't listen either women don't listen I think it's a women, I think it's a woman thing, not a nationality thing. Yeah, 100%. But so they do murder her uncle quite brutally. And the first uncle got away with a quick murder because he told him where Dylan was and where the money was. But this one, mm, Ivan does literally beat the crap out of him with his knuckles (laughs) until he's dead. Meanwhile, Mary and Dylan are having shots and Doritos, (laughs) a Mary staple. (laughs) (laughs) and they text Emma to meet them. And Dylan is pretty pleased that she has finally found someone that she can vent to without them thinking she's crazy. Yeah. And Mary says something to the effect of, 
Oh, honey, if you're going to keep keep up with these Russian guys, you're going to learn they have just this very blunt way of getting what they want. They're not. They're like, well, she's just like, oh, you know, he, they're criminals and, you know, it's not good. And he said, you're going to have to deal with separating the man from the job. The job is not great, but the man is. And you just have to separate it and deal with it. But then they show up. That's my favorite. When they show up <laughs> and he's literally covered in her uncle's blood. <laughs> And he's expecting a warm welcome. I like the fact that Vasca has no furniture. Oh, yeah. He's got beanbags. He's got, you know, this, this incredibly high dollar penthouse, very <laughs> expensive location, and is furnished with beanbags because Mary won't give in. So she's to- she's torturing him with beanbags until he finally gives in and lets her have what she wants. It's hysterical. I did forget about that part. And it was great i loved it but then i really he comes in with the blood covered yeah that's another very highly rated scene in my brain because she clearly wants nothing to do with him he just murdered her uncle and even though he or her uncle deserved every second of it i understand it's still her uncle she's a little upset about it oh and at some oh no that's later on um don't worry about it and vasca is just like down the hall to your right <laughs> that's all he says to him and vasca <laughs> Carries Mary away, presumably to relieve some stress. A celebratory sex session. We just murdered. Yay! (laughs) And Ivan takes Dylan down the hall and to the right. And she's saying, no, like you literally have my uncle's blood on you. I am not letting you have sex with me. And he says something to the fact of like, I'm not asking for permission. (laughs) Take off your clothes. And she runs into the bathroom and locks the door. Oh, man, I love this. I, he, I love those kicking I, in the door scenes. I love the door kicking scenes. Yes. And then he says, there will be no locks between us. And then there's anal in this in the shower because <laughs> she needs to get punished. And he he does believe that, that she would get pleasure out of it eventually. But first, he wants her to feel the pain. He needs her, yeah. And once again, there is no lube in sight. It is liquid soap, I think, at this point. I believe so, yes. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, the considering the amount of anal that these people have, shouldn't they have lube on hand? <laughs> like, just keep it on hand. Keep it in every room. They need it. I mean, you're at Vasquez's house. You're telling me that he hasn't had sex in every single room of that house. You're wrong. <laughs> I think we're getting a little nitpicky, but whatever. This has one of my my favorite lines. It's they're still in the shower, and she's she's wanting to get away from him. Mm-hmm. And he goes through the whole, you know, I'm a bad man and I'm not letting you go. Yeah. And he says, I don't give a damn what you want is immaterial to me. You're mine and I'm keeping you. Fight it all you want. It won't change anything. In my veins. And I swooned. <laughs> that is my crack. Yes. Give it to me. All of it. I love it. When you, he doesn't care, he just wants her and he's going to get her and he's going to keep her and it doesn't matter. And he's going to make her love him, like force his will of love. That was really hot. And he does rip her clothes again, again, <laughs> ruins her clothes. And Mary ends up having, that was another funny scene where Mary had to give her clothes. Yes. 
And Vaiska and him are in complete shock because she only has like fashion coats and not, none of them are warm. So Vaiska is ushering her out to go shopping at the same time as Ivan is wrapping her in a blanket, like carrying her to the car. It is, I think, maybe just a Russian thing. My mom is very into the warm coats and we don't even live anywhere that cold, you know? But I think that maybe I've never been to Moscow, though I would love to go. I believe that it's probably gorgeous, but it's also cold. Very. And so they just get into the habit of having a warm coat. And so the concept that these girls don't have a warm coat is just an anathema to them. They're in Chicago. Chicago's pretty cold. It's really cold. It's probably just as cold as Moscow, to be honest with you. I've been to both. They're both shitty when it comes to weather. Well, I've, I don't wear a jacket most of the time. And I'm in New York. Yeah, and you're upstate New York. I don't know. So you're crazy. I, I am crazy. And... <sighs> that's a whole other that's a whole other story mm-hmm. ivan would disapprove of your coat coatlessness <laughs> well maybe but, he would punish me and that would be yeah okay. I, I think you'd like that it's <laughs> gonna say i think you're, you're probably doing this on purpose yeah but then they they get back to the hotel and he Again, orders orders the entire menu the entire menu and she asks him why didn't you just ask me what i wanted and he said this would be more fun and then he gives her jewels while they weigh all the jewels and she's just topless in jewels and it's great i want to be topless in jewels doesn't he have the clothes there also yeah all the clothes yeah yeah yeah. and she says oh can you please put on a shirt because he's like walking around shirtless and distracting her she thinks that all the clothes are his and she goes and opens it and they're all her women's clothes. And she's like, wait, these are all for me? He's like, yeah, of course, absolutely. He's like, why don't you try something on for me? <laughs> it really disturbs her too. Dylan has a little more depth, I think, than Emma and Mary in the way that she responds to Ivan. They had issues with what he was doing, but they never really had an issue with how their men felt about them. And Dylan has a hard time reconciling because from everything that he said to her and every action that he's had, her comment about being a, a fuck toy souvenir was pretty on the money. And and he calls her his little doll. He's just wanting to dress her up and, and play house. And I, I appreciated that that extra level in there. I liked that. Yeah, it was really good. And it's true because he hasn't told her how he feels about her. All he told her was that she's his and he wants to fuck her all the time and now dress her up. And he calls her a little doll, like you said. So she's feeling more like pretty woman than anything else, you know. But then he gives her pearls, like multiple pearls. I think, no, just the one set of pearls for now. For now, I think it's just just the one. Yeah. And then she's like, well, you already gave me, you know, you, you don't need to give me these. He said, well, I did ruin yours. He's like, yeah, but mine were plastic. He's like, pretend these are plastic too. But then the food comes and it, they have a really cute date. He asks her questions and he tells her about Moscow and why he likes McDonald's so much. And she says, oh, this is weird, us having an, a normal couple situation. He's like, why? He's like, well, because I'm sitting here half naked in like a couple hundred dollars worth of pearls. And he said something like 50,000 or something. She says that she's in a couple of thousands dollars worth of pearls. And he says it's really over a hundred thousand dollars worth of pearls. And then what happens then? I don't remember. (laughs) They have the dating conversation where 
she says that she doesn't want to date a criminal. And he says, you think we're dating? Oh, yeah. And she takes it the wrong way. Oh, she's like, yeah, I'm so sorry. You're right. Um, You're just fucking me. And it's another one of those mine moments. Yeah. Where he's like, look, we're not dating. You're just mine. Okay. Like you're mine. And that's more than just dating. And you're going to have my baby. (laughs) And then she kisses. I think she instigates sex for the first time. Yeah. And he's frozen because he doesn't want to mess it up. And then she asks him, oh, well, why aren't you like taking over the way you usually do? And he asks her, do you want me to? And she says, maybe. So then, of course, he does. And it's great. But they don't actually have sex. because He says she would be too sore. And he was he would get his pleasure from her receiving hers, which I thought was really sweet. Yeah. So he eats her out a whole bunch. There's a lot of eating out in this book, which I'm for it. <laughs> Who isn't for it? Well, actually, this might be too much information, but I'm not a huge fan. Really? Yeah. And it's not because I've had some you know, horrible experience or anything like that. It's just, it's kind of a mind fuck for me. And I don't, I don't appreciate it. I never know what to do. I never know how to respond. I don't know how to react. And so it's just awkward because oh. I am the queen of awkward. Well, I think it's great. <laughs> And, but yeah, to each their own. I think I am definitely in the minority. I think so. <laughs> so you wouldn't want to be um, a 30-minute <laughs> session for funsies? Like my Only friend? if I'm tied up, and then I don't have to worry about being awkward. Oh, there you go. So there's a, a workaround there. There is a workaround. With restraints, I enjoy myself completely. But just for run-of-the-mill, someone, no, awkward. Awkward is my word of the day. Anyway, back to the book. Ivan has work to do. So this is when he leaves Dylan with Mary and Emma. Oh, yes. And then Karina comes as well. And they're really excited, but they can't talk openly because they feel awkward in front of Mary and Emma. But once again, they order the whole tea menu. Like, <laughs> I think Dylan even notes, like, do these people just order the whole menu all the time? And then... Mary wants to do a fashion show. Yes. And Karina is all about it because she and Dylan wear the same size clothes. Little does she know she can get her own wardrobe. <laughs> and she talks about trying to give back the pearls. Yeah. And Emma holds up her wrist with the diamond tennis bracelet. And Mary moves her cardigan and shows the diamond panther. And they're both like, yeah, honey, good luck with that. It's not going to happen. And then she, and Mary also shows her like her, like, I think it said like egg-sized diamond or something on her hand. Yeah, it's some, it's, it's some outrageous diamond. Yeah, but Emma, I mean, uh, Dylan is still trying to escape. <laughs> She's trying, and there's a guard at the door, so she knows she can't leave that way. And she checks her messages, and her aunt called her and is demanding to meet in person. And if she doesn't meet in person, she's gonna tell them about Englewood. Dun dun dun. So. She needs to come up with a plan to get rid of everybody so she can skedaddle. And thankfully, Emma's super pregnant, so she gets tired and they have to go home. And then Karina says she has to go back to work because she's missed work because of Maxim. <laughs> and she's going to get fired otherwise. Dylan smartly asks the, the guard to walk her guests to the car. And while he does that, she makes a run for it. She does wear a coat for once. <laughs> Well, he's going to be cussing at her for something, so it may as well just be one. 
And she meets her aunt and super creepy cousin in some back alley. And her aunt is threatening to tell the cops about some shooting that she noticed, uh, she witnessed and got her handprints on the gun. And she's showing her the gun in the Ziploc bag. And she says, if you don't tell me where the shipment of guns that Ivan is doing is going, I'm going to tell the cops about this. And that's when Ivan shows up and starts shooting back and forth between them. And he's pissed off because he's, of course, of course, he has a tracker on her phone, right? Absolutely. And he he notices that she's not where she's supposed to be. So when he shows up and he gets her, she's like, you scared the crap out of me. Like, why did you leave? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, wait, how did you know where I was? He's like, of course, I had a tracker on on your on your phone. She's like a tracker. You might what do you might as well microchip be like a dog. And he says, don't tempt me or something, something to that effect. Like, it's a great idea. So don't tempt me, which we all know I love in my tracker scenes. So more tracker scenes, please. And Dylan tells him something like, you want to be with me, but you don't trust me. You keep me locked up and you keep me caged and you don't want me to be me. And his basic response is, well, yeah, I do. Because it's the most natural thing in the world to want to keep someone locked up. Because what does it say about a man who has to lock up his woman to keep her from running? Yeah, he doesn't seem to care <laughs> at all. Doesn't phase him. Of course, he, he, um, he gets real mad and he takes her to Vasco's house again. I think they go to Dimitri's this time. Oh, is it Dimitri's? It's one of them. And he says he's going to like spank her on the hood of the car or something like that. Oh, he says, I'm angry. I've already told you what happens when I get angry. Either someone gets killed or fucked. Yeah, and we, I was we, fairly certain he wasn't going to kill me. Yeah, I think at this point she's figuring out he does not want to kill me. But they do have some pretty hot sex then. Of course they do. It's so good. All the sex is so good in this book. Does he whip her with a belt again? I remember making a note of about a belt again. These men in the belts. I believe so. Let's just say yes, because we know that he likes the belt. And she likes it too. She just doesn't want to admit it. But they go and they have another one of those dating moments because they talk about how old he is. And she mentions that he's too old for her because I guess this does make technically an age gap because there's a 10 year age difference. Also, isn't it weird that just the amount of romances I read, I don't even think 10 years is that much. I don't either. (laughs) But he brought her McDonald's again because he has his thing with McDonald's. And during this date, she kind of questions him. She thinks she's being sly and sneaky about the shipment because she wants to, she's going to have, she feels she has no other choice but to give her aunt the information. And Dimitri, of course, is smart enough to figure out what's happening. He doesn't know what her aunt has on her, you know, what the the bribe is, the blackmail is, but he's smart enough to know that Dylan's asking for a reason mm-hmm. and he deduces that it's because of the aunt and creepy cousin. And they, the cousin and the aunt got five thugs from one of, one of the gangs that's trying to hone in on the Russian gun running. And I don't remember if it was Ivan or Vaska, but one of them is like, I am insulted that they're using such a stupid plan. Well, because he said, he told Vaska, like, yeah, she asked me about it and you were right. She's fishing for information. He says, oh, I'm so sorry. What are you going to do about it? He said, I guess we're going to go meet my future in-laws <laughs> because at this point he's going to marry her. And he doesn't care that she is the sneaky sneak. And he just wants to get rid of the in-laws. And he says, I've already killed two of her relatives this week. Killing more might affect our relationship. Yeah. 
That's true. That was funny. But and then like waiting, I mean, he told her the wrong time. He told her, I think, eight o'clock when actually it's nine or something like that. And they show up and they're being so loud. They're just horrible at being criminals. So they have absolutely no problem with dismantling them. However, Dylan's having a panic attack because she feels bad. Well, the Russians are waiting and they're listening to these amateurs and they're playing cards. It's not just a matter of they're in position. They're playing fucking poker. They're not even trying. <laughs> but Dylan starts, to, Dylan starts to feel bad. Yeah. And she tells Mary and Emma about it and that her aunt was blackmailing her and whatever. And I love that Mary's comeback was, he's like, just tell Ivan about it. He'll pay her off. Like, no biggie. You're, you're dating someone with a lot of money. He'll just pay her off and make her go away. And she's like, you don't understand. That's not the problem. And she does tell them that she betrayed them and now they're in trouble. So the three of them decide to go help out in Mary's cherry red convertible. With a nine month pregnant Emma. Yeah. These three are a little bit too stupid to live in this, in this section of the book because they make Emma promise that she's going to stay in the car, like as if that's going to happen. Because of course they get to the warehouse and like, they're, they're whispering uh dylan and mary and the next thing they know is emma's like disembodied voice comes from the bushes like what are they talking about and they're like you promise you stay in the car i love that the only thing that dylan can think of is stop police i highlighted that <laughs> so funny anyway shenanigans happen shenanigans happen yeah and ivan gets shot like he gets wounded he's not dead obviously he doesn't seem phased at all. He's just mad that she showed up and put herself in danger. Meanwhile, Emma's going into labor because stress is not great for pregnant people. No, and Dimitri kind of flips. Yeah. Not flips in a bad way, but in a panicked, oh my God, what do I do way? So Dylan drives Ivan back to the hotel and like stitches him up. The one thing that Ivan fusses at Dylan about is she wasn't wearing it. Yeah, where's your, where's your coat? She's like, I was a little too stressed to remember it. But this is when she tells him that she loves him because she remember she said, I will never fall in love with you. Yes. And he was really upset by it, even though he says he didn't care. Like he just wanted to have her for sex, whatever. She, he loved her from the beginning. That dumb dumb just didn't realize it yet. So. And she is so apologetic and she feels so bad because of the danger that she put him in. And she's. It's like she's trying to talk him out of of wanting to keep her. Well, she thinks he no longer will want her. She she thinks I've just fucked up the best thing that's ever happened to me because she's lied to him, right? That was his rule. And she blatantly right, lied to him and broke pretty much all the rules. And she's like, wait, you still want me? He's like, of course I still want you, you crazy woman. He's like, yeah, but I lied to you. <laughs> Aren't you mad? He's like, yeah. And you'll probably piss me off again tomorrow. But... And then they end up, they go to the hospital and Emma has a baby daughter. It's adorable. And they name her Elizabeth. And then we go to Russia. <laughs> and Dylan is trying to learn Russian, which is really funny. Yeah. It's not as funny as Vaska teaching. One of the boys was teaching the other one of the other girls about Russian. And he was giving, telling her all of the bad words to oh, say. Vas yeah, Vaska was teaching Emma's curse words. Yes. Yeah. But they're at a restaurant and she says, Spasiba Zakozu Krof. 
And he's like, wait, the, the, the waiter kind of like looked at her. He's like, wait, what did I say? And she said, thank you for the goat's blood instead of thank you for like the red wine, which was funny. But then he proposes to her and it's all sweet and cute and they like love each other. And she says something like, because he proposes with this giant ring. She says, what do you want if I accept this? And he says, everything. Remember like back when, yeah. back in the day, it was so sweet. And then she's she's like, wait, this is perfect now, but I'll tell him in private that I'm pregnant. She is pregnant with his baby. And my one note there was, wasn't she just thanking somebody for wine? Why is she drinking wine if she knows she's pregnant? Because I'm not sure if everybody knows, but you're not, of course, everybody knows, like you're not supposed to drink when you're pregnant. So I don't know. That's the end of that. And it was adorable and really, I mean, adorable is really like a terrible thing to say about this book. It was hot. This book was hot. It was hot. hot as fuck. With some sweet moments, but it was just straight up fire. So read it. If you haven't read it, believe me when I tell you that no matter how good Nat and I are, we cannot do this book justice. No read it. We're just two fumbling, bumbling idiots who giggled our way through it because we loved it so much. But you need to read especially that sexy scene against the windows. (laughs) You need to read that. That's hot. But that's our episode on Sweet Savagery. We really liked it. And just a reminder that we are going to be giving away a signed copy of the entire Ruthless Obsession series. And all you have to do to enter is review and rate on any platform that you listen to it, take a screenshot and post it in our, in our Facebook group. And the link to that group is in the show notes. And thank you so much to Zoe for those lovely books and also the really cute novelty flower vase that comes with it. It's adorable. And she has told me that they don't make them anymore. So this is your one chance to get it. <laughs> it's really cute. I love it. And just as a just as a side note to that, we really appreciate how awesome all of the authors that we've been working with have been mm-hmm. because you guys are great. You've helped us with graphics. You've helped us with information. Every author that I have spoken to has offered to do whatever they can to help. And we really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Everybody's been so nice. The, the listeners are incredible. And so encouraging and the authors like her. It's just bananas that I still can't believe people are listening to us mumble around. (laughs) But I'm having so much fun and I'm so grateful for it. So thank you so much to everybody. And next week, we'll be talking about Sweet Brutality, the next book in the Ruthless Obsession series by Zoe Blake. And we are super excited to talk about Maxim and Karina. Also, if you have any comments or if you want to reach out to us, please follow us and reach out to us on Instagram or TikTok at Trigger Warning Romance. You can always email us at triggerwarmingromance at gmail.com. And please join the Facebook group, the Trigger Warming Romance support group. We have a lot of fun on there with everybody. So please interact with us. But let's do some palate cleansers. This has been quite an episode. We've gotten very excited. I'm going to let you go first because I'm still thinking of mine. Okay. I'm going to have to just, it's again, a very vain and stupid one, but something that's brought me joy this week is I have a wedding to go to, as we've just said. And um, 
I needed a dress and rent the runway. This is not a sponsored post by any means. So if you want to sponsor me, rent the runway, please reach out to us. But Rent the Runway is a great website and you can rent super fancy dresses from there for very, very, very inexpensive prices. And they send you two sizes. And I got I got a dress for this wedding and it, it fits great and I'm excited to wear it. And it's it's great because a lot of times, for me anyway, I just wear the one one the dress once to the wedding and then you get a different dress for a different wedding or a different function. And it's just so much, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of resources, the waste of fabric and environment and all that stuff. So it's great to be able to rent it for like 30 bucks for you know, on night. And they're very fun dresses and they send you two sizes. And that is my very strange and random palette cleanser, but it, it brought me joy. <laughs> I think that my, well, first of all, I think that that sounds awesome. I have never even heard of that service. So that's good for me to know. Not that I have an occasion to dress up very often, but the times that I do, it's nice to know that there's an opportunity where I don't have to go spend lots of money on a dress I'll wear once. Yeah, it's great because they send it to your house. They, like I said, they you you choose a dress and they they send you two different sizes that you choose from. And then it's in like a little zippy bag and with a UPS label and you can send it right back after you're done. It's amazing. Awesome. But my palette cleanser, I did a lot of organizing and I cleaned out my yarn stash and then I bought new yarn <laughs> Uh-oh. to replenish my yarn stash. And Mr. Klein isn't listening to this, so he doesn't know that yet. So shh, <laughs> we're awesome. not telling him. No. <laughs> But my, my best friend and, well, one of my good friends, the one who taught me how to knit, she had an overabundance of yarn that was everywhere. So cleaning out the yarn that I'm not going to use, I'm donating it all to a, they call it the yarn pantry here in my area where people who maybe are down on their luck and can't afford to buy yarn for the projects that they want to do, or people who are doing knitting hats and baby blankets and things of that nature to donate, they can go to the yarn pantry and take yarn and not have to pay for what they're donating. So all they're donating is their time. So it's a really awesome thing that has been set up here. And I'm very pleased to be able to have contributed. That sounds amazing. I love that. That's so sweet. And it's not in my house, so that's even better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I need to go purge that baby um, toy room. Oh, so many toys in there. But yeah, that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoy. Please rate and review. Take a screenshot. Enter to win the giveaway. We will see you next week. Take care. Bye, everybody. Bye.